With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good, Josh. We're recording this on Mother's Day here in the States. So happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. Uh, But what better than Mother's Day is German football, the Bundesliga. We are going to take a stab at previewing the Bundesliga coming back. Preview uh, is a strong word, Brandon. That's not a word I would use. We are introducing the idea of Bundesliga talk. Let's leave it at that. Give us us a wiggle. (laughs) We went and looked at the table for the Bundesliga, recognized a handful of uh, names. I set up a fantasy team. This was my biggest achievement in the Bundesliga fantasy game thus far, is really pleased with my team name. Um, So my name is Brandon, right? There's Mm -hmm. a team out there, Werder Bremen. And I kind of put two and two together, Werder Brandon. And I think it's really working for me. (laughs) That's not bad. I mean, you may find out later that it's like... uh, it's like no no Fuchs given or whatever, you know, in terms of its you know, popularity. Sure. But uh, or, uh, ich, bin, ich bin ein Berliner. This is that the thing that JFK said. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. Is, is that what you were supposed to what, what he was supposed to have said or what he actually said? I can't. I can't history, remember. it's lost to history, Josh. I, That's I, true. Really yeah. <laughs> As you said before we started recording, I can't be arsed. <laughs> no, no, uh, this is this is the air. I mean, honestly, it, you know, it's it is the strangest time to be alive. Anyone 
certainly globally, it is the weirdest time for anyone under 80 years old, I would say. Uh, if you were not born in if, – if you were born post-1945, we are living through right now. And I think the Bundesliga is just one tiny example of it. It is, it is going ahead as far as we know. Uh, this, this Friday, or I mean, excuse me, this Saturday it kicks off. I think it's the, uh, uh, the 16th is when they actually actually kick kick off. Mm -hmm. Uh, there has already been a quarantine, uh, for a full club, uh, in the second division of the Bundesliga. So that's a slightly worrying sign. I mean, they're, they're very much the canary in the coal mine right now in terms of sports coming back, uh, especially team sports. I mean, things like, uh, the PGA tour, you know? seems fine, mm-hmm. right? Give them all a golf cart, you know, or I mean a golf. Yeah, like you have golf carts right now. <laughs> Why not, right? It's like a weird time. No, like stick, you, you, you can't you, have a golf cart in the PGA. That's illegal. That was the well, whole thing with that guy who couldn't walk. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that. Uh, but maybe, you know, but I'm saying that you could change the rules right now because I don't think they can even have caddies, can they? And so are these guys like, you know, uh, is John, John Daly going to be walking around with 50 pounds worth of clubs? I mean, that seems now we brought we we know. brought up Caddyshack in our favorite sports movie podcast about a month ago, and um, Rodney Dangerfield in Caddyshack has this golf bag that actually pro- uh, propels clubs out of his bag, <laughs> like jet propulsion style. So I think you don't even need caddies if they had the technology in Caddyshack for Rodney Dangerfield to shoot clubs out of his bag at him. That's then true. I think Tiger Woods could surely get this. Uh, That's a this good point. Get it I mean- out. At this point, that's forty-year-old technology. It should be uh, completely standard for every every club now. It should be should be rigged with every every bag that is should be rigged with this. So um, yeah, so the Bundesliga is back. I mean, you know, I have I, okay. So we'll talk a little bit about the you know where we are with the league um, in a second. But just you know, I sort of when I was really getting into um, soccer slash football, um, you know, when I was really getting into it about ten years ago. I was kind of an all I, I was like an all corners fan, you know. I was I was sort of trying everything out. I the Premier League was the thing that I was the most into. It was the easiest thing to watch in the United States. Um, but I, you know, was sort of, you know, I, I was sort of, you know, I, I would have some dalliances with with La Liga, a little bit with Ooh, the Bundesliga, mm-hmm. um, a little bit with Serie A. Uh, not so much with the French football, uh, although it was it was actually it was a fun time for French football about ten years ago. Uh, a lot of different winners, um, and, and you've been to uh, Stade de France, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, I have been to Stade de France, and I think you know once we started the podcast and we were talking about the Premier League every week, it really the, the Premier League became my, sort of my overriding uh, sports obsession. You know, because of course I'm, I'm I have the baggage of supporting all these American sports as well, right? Like I. Too many sports, Brandon. You know, it's 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 a lot. Can't of shake it. Yeah. Well, now and there's yeah. now there's none. Like, what's what's going on? It's crazy. Uh, so, <laughs> so, are you saying there's some sort of conspiracy going on here? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying, Brandon. Started in a lab. Okay, I'm just that's all. I, no, uh, no, I'm I'm just saying it's. Uh, I, I was I, I had a moment there where I, I was really interested in the Bundesliga, and that was um, it was Jurgen Klopp's. Uh, Borussia Dortmund teams that really um, were like the catalyst for it. It was a really fun squad. Um, yeah. You know, won the league uh, two years in a row. I can't remember what years those were, 2010 and 11 maybe. Um, and a lot of those players went on to play for um, Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich. Uh, yeah, of course, who yeah. could forget? I yeah. remember their run to the Champions League final where they ended up losing to um, Bayern Munich. 
Bayern Munich, of course, but they beat Real Madrid on their way there. And there was that epic match from Lewandowski when he played for Dortmund. And it was, he was the um, uh, Holland of the day, right? Like just pass the ball to this guy and there's no way he doesn't score. Yeah. And it was great to see him sprout up as this uh, global superstar, superstar from a team like Dortmund who wasn't the Munich team. Which then, like, I guess we can get into this when we actually start talking about the Bundesliga proper. We've got a, some housekeeping to get to before before then. But uh, it's like Munich sort of spoils the broth any way they can. Yeah. Uh, I, they I think they bring in Lewandowski, this this hero for the underdog team, and make right. him just this destroyer of worlds. Gotza, I mean, you know, at one point, I mean, Gotza's not really – uh, a serious player now, but I mean, at one point he was, you know, he scored the, uh, you know, winning goal in a chant, you know, in the world cup final, you know, I mean, uh, it's kind of a big player. deal. Yeah. Kind of a big deal. Um, and you know, he was a player who, um, you know, uh, another player who jumped, uh, over to, um, you know, from, from Dortmund to Bayern. And so, um, yeah. And so he's, I, ba- I feel he's like back at Dortmund now. Yeah. He is back, um, but I don't think he's shows you how far he's fallen. Yeah. Yeah. So precisely. I, I, I guess the point was like, so as, as, you know, the thing about Bayern is like they, they you know, they, they got me out of it a little bit uh, because um, I, I feel like if, if you're not going to follow a league super closely, you're just going to check in from time to time. It's like you kind of want to follow the most important matches. You know, you're like, OK, like, I, I, let me let me check in on the biggest matches here. And when there's one team that's like 12 to 18 points ahead you're like, well, there aren't really any big matches, right? I mean, there's like derbies and there's, you know, great fan experiences. Um, and and I would say that from a visual perspective, I actually think that the Bundesliga is the most fun league to watch. Uh, you know, I think that it's the best fans and, you know, certainly, um, um, you know, I think that Dortmund in particular have, you know, one of the, one of the best stadiums and, and the, one of the best fan bases. And so I think what's cool about the Bundesliga starting early, though, is this particular year is a year when you have a lot of different teams uh, that that are that are viable contenders. I mean, Dortmund or Bayern Munich are ahead, but they're only four points ahead right now, and so it is you know by no means uh, locked up. You know, five points ahead with nine matches left to go, uh, four points that is. So um, yeah, I think that there's you know. So anyway, we'll get into the Bundesliga thing in a minute, but I, I'm I think of all the leagues to to relaunch, I think this is a really exciting and interesting one mm-hmm. because. Um, you know, you, I mean, you know, you, even a casual fan will be able to name a lot of players in the Bundesliga. Um, but also, I think you've got a little bit of a race here. And so it's a little bit of excitement just in terms of um, even someone who doesn't follow the league at all. You can look at the table and say, OK, this team is four points back. This is the team I'm going to, you know, I'm going to root for. This is the team I'm going to support just just for fun. You know, let me let me become yeah. a temporary, you know, Leipzig fan just just to kind of, you know, go for it. Um, so. Yeah, I don't, yeah. That's, I mean, so that, I guess so, that's my general feeling about the Bundesliga. Do you have any general feelings or impressions? You've actually been to Germany. <laughs> I've been to Germany. <laughs> I have actually have a great Dortmund story. Um, when I was in college, I was dating a girl who did a study abroad, a full academic year in Freiburg. Now, that's a great way to kill a relationship is to go away, leave uh-huh. the home-based college town and go abroad for a full year. Yeah. It's just never going to cut it, particularly not, during not 20. In, in college yeah. life, right? Yeah. So I went to visit her in Freiburg and taking the train back home to get to the airport in Frankfurt. I was stuck in the train station at Freiburg 
the same evening that Dortmund had come to town. And I was approached by these Dortmund supporters who were getting their train out of Freiburg. And they immediately, like, without even exchanging any pleasantries, pegged me as an American. And they were like, you're an American. You're our friend now. We're going to buy you a beer and let's talk about uh, life. And I remember trying to explain to them where I'm from. They're like, where are you from? And it's like, oh, I went to Michigan State University. That's where I go to school. They're like, never heard of it. Well, you know, it's in the <laughs> state of Michigan. They're like, mm, still not ringing any bells here. It's like, do you know Detroit? And they were just like, they lit up. They were like, Detroit, Rock City. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I guess if I know anything about uh, Germans, at least in a cliche sense, is that they love their heavy metal. So, um just Detroit was the bridge to the Dortmund sure. fan. That's my only yeah. true experience. Big MC, <laughs> big MC Five fans, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, and the Stooges and, and Maybe little Richie Houghton, you know. I mean, oh, Stooges, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> even uh, even Bawa to Bawa, who's a Kid Rock. Yeah, <laughs> even him. Yep. Madonna. Nay, yeah, keep keep going. White Stripes. Sure. Motown. No one rocks harder than Motown. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I, I wish I could have actually seen some football played there. Uh, and, and what I what I believe what you said to be about the fans is true. And I, I think why Germany and German football clubs have such great fans is that the clubs go to great lengths to make the ticket prices affordable. And I right. think that's why they get the biggest crowds. And I like that egalitarian approach. And, you know, yeah. I'm, I, I think it's sort of the like, I'm ashamed of being a carpetbagger Premier League fan, but I'm always harping on about the community aspect of the game. And I get the sense that Germany... Uh, really appreciates that. I guess we can talk a little bit more about that when we get to our Leipzig discussion, but that's yeah. like kind of my overall thesis on Germany. Th that's how I feel too. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, the vast majority of the clubs are um, at least 51% fan owned. So it's sort of like the Green Bay Packers here in the United States where you have a um, you know, it's, they, they are, they're run by the fans and, uh, there are a couple exceptions to that, but in general, that is the case. So, um, you know, the question is, do you still get that vibe if you're watching in an empty stadium? Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think that will be fine. I actually think that the empty stadium thing will be, is, is a little overrated. Um, I think that it'll be pretty easy to, um, have you seen this thing about the placards? Have you seen this? Um, no, this, what's that? I, I know at least Dortmund's doing it. It's probably going to be more popular in other clubs as well. So you can, for $20, you, if you're like a season ticket holder for one of these teams, you can get a um, like a life-size placard cut out <laughs> and they will stand it up in oh, the stadium okay. <laughs> during matches. So it's going to look – I can't tell if it's going to look cool or incredibly terrifying, like, uh, like Twilight Zone level, like uh, you know, 20,000 leering – emotionless uh -huh. fans okay. there is everything <laughs> there is one listener listening right now and i want to hear from you to confirm that this theory is true that will get this reference and it is the steve martin movie the lonely guy and <laughs> yeah do you remember this did you see this movie there's yeah. a scene in which he he hosts a party but no one comes so he's got it <laughs> outfitted with all these cardboard cutouts of people so this girl he's trying to impress comes by and sees through the window that the party looks like it's it's popping off there are all these silhouettes in the in the windows backlit and that's basically what they're talking about with these cardboard standees in the stands is it's the lonely guy but for sports 
<laughs> I actually found a screenshot right now, too. He, said he got them at the Lonely Guys store at 81st Street in Lexington <laughs> Avenue. So there you go. See, Dolly Parton is one of them. So uh, that'll be really interesting. And Brendan, I feel like we're kind of bearing the lead here, too. There was a time when this was a dedicated fantasy podcast, and we are trying to bring that back right now. We have started a Bundesliga fantasy league exclusively for our Patreon supporters. And it just seemed a little easier to manage that way. Um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with this Bundesliga Fantasy League. And, um, you know, I think that um, let's 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 make it Patreon only and, and we'll sort of, it'll be a little more fun and less, less uh, stressful if the season, you know, gets canceled, you know, three weeks in because, uh, yeah. you know, six of the teams get quarantined or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is available exclusively to our Patreon supporters. Uh, we haven't decided what the winner is going to get. Uh, maybe we should. Um, should we just decide this in real time right now? It's got to be something from the shop. We yeah, love pick, the yeah. products in our shop. I pick, pick up any anything, item. anything from the always cheating uh, Patreon supporters shop. So that we've got T-shirts and we have multiple T-shirts and uh, we've got some uh, mugs and, and we have some designs. Yeah. Uh, I just need to. I just need to get my butt in gear. We made up some swag designs that we took to the UK for a recent trip. Mm for stickers and whatnot and i need to transfer those i need to morph them into t-shirts so maybe i can actually get that to happen um before this bundesliga season if it ends uh ever ends and then we can have an even bigger selection for people to choose from so uh patreon.com slash always cheating uh in any pledge level will get you into our our fantasy Bundesliga League. And so, um, you know, that'll be kind of fun. Hopefully we can get as many of our Patreon supporters as possible. It'd be nice to get at least, um, I don't know, a few hundred uh, into that league. And so, um, yeah, patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can join. Uh, That also gives you access to our Slack network and uh, bonus podcasts. Um, You know, we've been, we were were doing two a week during the regular career league season. Um, I think it might be fun to do some extra ones now that we have, um, well, now that we'll have this Bundesliga fantasy content, it's kind of fun. Sure. You know, I mean, I it's sort of, I was, you and I were messaging about this a few days ago when we were setting this all up. And it reminds me of when I was first getting into the fantasy game where I was just picking random players, you know, like just I had no mm-hmm. idea who, you know, I didn't know who to captain. I didn't know who to pick, you know. And so there are some interesting like um, variables too. Like, uh, do you, can you, say anything about the like how the scoring works because it is a little bit different i mean you have the formations which are yeah. similar to the fantasy game but the captaincies are a little bit different the money's a little different yeah it's it is cool um let's uh, the captaincy was the first thing that jumped out at me as an exciting twist uh from coming from the fpl perspective so you don't have a captain in the bundesliga fantasy game you have a star player and you don't just have a star player you have three star players so each match week you pick a star player from the forward position from the midfield position and then a defender and all three of those star players for you they don't get double points they get 1.5 points so 150 percent of the points that they actually get were they not star player so in in some ways it's cool because it's spreading the risk around and it's giving you greater flexibility and opportunity and maybe you can even be a little more creative but on the other hand i think this is what we keep coming back to with fpl is it's just the highs and lows with FPL. The game is so perfectly calibrated to be just kind of basic that either 
it's all going to work one week or you're kind of just going to be flat. And that's what you kind of love about the traditional captaincy. So the Bundesliga, much like their approach to um, club uh, fan owned clubs is mm-hmm. kind of egalitarian and you're spreading that captaincy around your squad every week. You're, you're choosing a defender, midfielder and forward. Does yeah. that appeal to you, Josh, from an FPL manager perspective? Yeah, I like it. It's uh, it seems fair. Uh, it's thoughtful, a little bit different. Um, uh, I'm into it. I mean, we'll see how we feel when it when it actually happens. But uh, yeah, right. It's you know, just is this country ever going to put a wrong foot forward, Brandon? It seems like they've got they're doing everything right. <laughs> well, I mean, let's let's uh, maybe we should dip into the history books and see if Germany has any black marks on them. Um, but yeah, and then the money sure. is a different thing. Uh, so it's it's the same uh, budget structure as FPL, but instead of a hundred million pieces of currency, whether it's dollars, pounds. Reich marks. Uh, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> um, it's uh, 150. So you've got a 150 million budget and then you're like, cool, I've got more money. But then you can look at the player pool and say Lewandowski, who's currently the league leader in goal scored. His price tag is over 20 million. So that's a huge chunk of change uh, compared to what we're used to seeing in FPL. But then you have other players like Non-playing goalkeepers are as cheap as one million. So you have a star striker at twenty million and a non-playing GK at one million. So it's kind of overwhelming when you first get into the game to see like how far and wide you can, you know, sort of, uh, I guess, allocate the budget. So yeah. that is, I think, going to be the biggest hurdle to people getting into that Bundesliga fantasy game for the first time is how to utilize the budget. I, you know, I think that what makes it fun is that we're all in the same boat, uh, starts off in a week, right? So you have a week to get in there and noodle around and you make up a team. And so I think the pressure is off a little bit, you know, the fantasy game, it starts in July, whatever it is, you've got six weeks to work on this thing. You know, it's like, there's a, there's an element of shame almost, you know, <laughs> if the, if game week one kicks off and you're not ready, you know, and like, you're, you know, yeah. but in this case, it's like, I, I can't even name more than. 25 players, you know? Um, and so it's, you know, it's hard to, um, uh, and most of those are like some of the most expensive players. So when it comes to filling out my team, I've been tinkering around and reading some websites and so it's, you know, I think it's kind of fun because I mean, a, I think that getting into fantasy is a great way to get into a league in general. Um, you know, we all, we all, anyone who has taken fantasy seriously before knows that, um, that, you know, getting into fantasy is just a really, it, it's so immersive. You know, you end up learning every team, every player, um, you know, if, if you, you know, often you end up learning a lot about, you know, the the sort of cultural significance of the town where the club is played, you know, where they, where they play. I mean, you know, I know more about Brighton, you know, the town of Brighton <laughs> yeah. than I ever would have, you know, if they, yeah. if they weren't in the Premier League. So, yeah. So they, and that's, yeah. that is okay. Like just to jump in and my, uh, like basically week on my week upon week socialist manifesto is this is what I, why I so don't want the European super league is I oh. want, uh, that's the, the appealing part about the domestic leagues is Discover what you didn't know about Brighton. What is yeah. it about the North Country? Uh, yeah. And that sort of a thing. I agree. I mean, you know, we're not, this is not going to be like last week where you and I argue about like the nature of capitalism and sports. <laughs> uh-huh. But like, I, yeah, there was an article um, that came out yesterday. I think it was in The Guardian. And it was like, you know, it's going to take 10 years for the sport to get back to where it was. And I was like, awesome. 
that's great because <laughs> where it was isn't that awesome. Like it was, you yeah. know, I mean, unless you like billionaires taking over every single club in the the Premier League, no matter how small, and many of the championship clubs, unless you like. You know, you're the top four clubs in every country splitting off and forming a European Super League. And and suddenly every, you know, if you're American, every match that you want to watch is at 2.30 on a Wednesday. Um, or, you know, or it's on the weekend and, like, it's all just superstars. You know, it's just like, um, you know, so I, I don't know. I mean, like, obviously, like, I don't want clubs to fold. Um, but if it ends up becoming um, sort of a return to a more regional sport, um, I, I just don't see that as something that, like, a lot of people are really going to – be sad about i mean yeah like yeah sorry yeah. to the billionaire owners who've lost some team value or whatever and sorry to the players who may go from making two hundred thousand a week to one hundred and sixty-five thousand a week or you know it's like it's just not anything i can get worked up about because yeah. i think the sport in a lot of ways was better 10 years ago the hope would be that it does go that direction and not the direction of um all the little clubs, all the hyper local clubs have to fold and disappear. And all that's left are the, uh, you know, the, uh, oil barons of the world. So that, that's, yeah. that's a hope. Josh, we actually have a question from a listener here pertaining to the Buddhist Liga. This is, comes from our listener, John, who asked to get, uh, properly into the Buddhist Liga spirit. I have a question to ask, how are your German language skills or at the very least your German accents, do we need an essential phrase book and our German snacks and beer required watching for the games? Uh, so I've, I've been to Germany. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't pick up any language skills while I was there. All I know how to say is Scheiße. And I expect I'll be saying that a lot while watching <laughs> these Bundesliga games yeah. play out. I do love a Kolsch beer. Mm -hmm. um, I like a, a, a German Pilsner. Germany I, I there's something so appealing about Lederhosen and that beautiful golden color of their beer. And mm -hmm. I think that that might play into my Bundesliga weekend ritual. I mean, German, yeah, pretzels and beer. I mean, come on. That's like, that's just a standard. That's just delicious all, all the time. Uh, yeah, I'm actually, I've been drinking Peroni, which as you and I learned on our, our little online poker game last week, is an Italian, it's a German style italian pale lager okay yeah the access so, of power is still uh in yeah, your supermarket triple, beer aisle triple alliance lives uh <laughs> when it comes to the peroni uh so um yeah it's kind of a yeah i i the so the snacks and beer that's that's borderline required i mean i'm pretty pumped to be honest i mean 9 30 on saturday next week um you know put the kids to bed brandon it's it's on you know it's uh, -huh. uh yeah, if you keep them in bed, I don't know, it's 9.30 in the morning. I don't know if you can put them to bed that early, but think about it. Consider it because there's a lot of uh, – and I think it's, I think that you know kicks off with a uh, with a Ruhr Derby too. So a lot of excitement. Is that like the Ruhr Juror? Rural Juror? The, the Ruhr Derby is, uh, is Dortmund – this is Brandon. This goes back to our long-forgotten podcast, uh, Crosstown Derby, uh. which you know you and I did a handful of episodes of before we abandoned it. Oh it's like God. seven years ago. Uh, no, Dortmund, uh, Schalke, and uh, they, I don't know. I can't remember. They, they played this, this upcoming weekend. I'm not sure exactly what day it is. So, um, yeah. So as far as the other things, I don't uh, – fake German accents, I think, uh, sound – dorky and i try not to do them german language skills i have none although if i were to go back i would have taken german instead of spanish um because people who take spanish classes at american colleges 
are cheaters <laughs> and they all and everyone everyone taking Spanish classes. I had a two year requirement for it. Everyone had taken four years in high school or was or just spoke perfect Spanish. And I was the only idiot who entered a Spanish class, not actually speaking any Spanish. And it was a miserable, miserable experience. And I would have much rather just gone and taken a German class where nobody spoke any German and, uh, and learned it with everybody else. I probably would have done a lot better. Uh, Spanish has not served me well at all. It's been useless. I definitely took three years of French in high school, then walked into college and, and purposely intentionally threw my placement test so I could get placed back into French 101 because, you know, I didn't trust the public education system enough to not like just reinforce the basics. And I was like, start me at ground zero so I can reinforce the basics of the French language. But my German accent, I think the only German accent I could replicate would be like from an Indiana Jones film, like, oh, Mr. Jones. Yeah, I don't even know if that's uh, German, but that's the, the only, best I can do. That's true. I don't know how you don't sound like a Nazi uh, if you're an American <laughs> trying to do a German accent. It's uh, people are um, going to call yeah. me out for saying Mister Jones, like the Counting Crows song, and not Doctor Jones, like uh, because yeah, the only other thing would be Uter from from Uter uh, from uh, the Simpsons is like the only other one uh, that, that I can think of right now. There's some Simpsons Halloween episode where um, all the children are getting like. Uh, like turn it to food at the school. Uh, have you ever seen this one? And it's like, uh, but I, the I parents show up and they talk to, uh, principal skin. And there's like, like, like stop the small talk. That is Uda. And the mom <laughs> says, we just want closure. And, uh, so that, that is the extent of my, my German accent. And I will never again deploy my German accent. That's great. We, so, we yeah. respect cultures. We respect, uh, Germans. And, uh, that's, that's the end of that discussion. We also <laughs> respect our Patreon supporters, uh, madly, deeply, truly, uh, I put truly out of order there, but just a reminder to anyone who is currently a Patreon subscriber, of course, our, uh, payments are, uh, suspended. They were suspended in April, continue to be suspended through, may and of course we don't the reason is we don't want you to feel like you have to stop supporting the cheaters during this very chaotic and uncertain time uh we just want you to stay and be part of our community and when the time comes for us to reassess we'll get with you and we'll reassess of course if you want to be a part of that bundesliga fantasy uh league that josh mentioned earlier you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating and pledge at any level and it's just a one-time entry fee to get in there and become a supporter of the cheaters and we truly appreciate it uh and if you're currently a patreon supporter we'll be shooting you an email about that bundesliga entry code and we'll post it to the slack as well all right brendan let's take a quick break and we'll get back and we're just going to answer a few questions some of them about the bundesliga some of them uh, general questions about uh, where we are right now in the premier league season Brennan, with no Premier League, no NBA, no NHL, no Major League Baseball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. For one thing, Brennan, the Bundesliga is back. There is finally an actual sport to bet on. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. Uh, From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on 
can also bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, Stock Prices, and, as I mentioned before, the Bundesliga. It's back. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Brandon, once again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, no space. All right, we got another one here for you guys. Uh, are you looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Uh, go to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost. And once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. I love discreet now, Josh. I mean, it's 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 less that I need these packages to be discreet. It's more I want to be surprised. What's in here? I love surprising mail. <laughs> That's true. And if it's any mail blue- at all right now, it mixes <laughs> yeah. things up. <laughs> Imagine if it were Blue Chew. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code Blue Wire. That's B L U E Wire, all one word. Just pay five dollars shipping. Again, that's b l u e chew dot com and promo code blue wire. Brandon, we're back. Bundesliga, and you know, you and I learn from our mistakes sometimes. Uh, we did a series of World Cup preview pods a couple of years ago that were. Fun to record, not really worthless, because we were uh, <laughs> we were boning up on on like uh, you know defenders from the you know I don't even know like uh, Uruguayan national team and and trying to talk with confidence about them and so you know the the Bundesliga was just approved uh, to play matches uh, like literally like three days ago I think I think it was Thursday when I finally went through and so um, you know I. We I, we're not going to sit here and pretend that we have weeks and weeks of uh, of you know um, knowledge built up. Uh, certainly, if you look at through a fantasy lens, even less so, right? So, if you want to know who yeah. the best fourth midfielder in the fantasy game is, we cannot help you. No, it's probably like the third midfielder on Bayern Munich or something. You know, <laughs> who knows? Um, so, let's just quickly, you know. I can so like you know I I know a little bit about the teams at the time. The, the thing is like it's it's you know it's it's a smaller table. Uh, the Bundesliga mm-hmm. has eighteen teams, uh, so it's a little little easier to follow. It's you know thirty four game seasons or thirty eight. Um, and so the teams at the top you have. I mean I, I guess you know this will be remedial for anyone who follows this stuff pretty closely. But uh, at the top you have Bayern Munich who have won. I believe something like seven, maybe eight league titles in a row. Um, they have been, you know, utterly dominant on the Bundesliga for years and years and years. Um, the Celtic yeah. of the Bundesliga. Yeah, the, exactly. The Celtics from the '60s of the Bundesliga with uh, <laughs> okay. with yeah, Kevin McHale uh, <laughs> starting forward for Bayern Munich. <laughs> I was thinking um, uh, Bill, yeah, Bill Russell, but uh, McHale was a little a little later. Brandon, not to eat I was thinking here, of the but, Scottish yeah. footballing team um, Celtic, uh, but you yeah. Know, it it was not until just now that I realized that was what you meant. Uh, but yeah, it's a, a, little, a little bit like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're, you know, the really interesting team, you know, Bayern Munich in general, because they were, uh, um, you know, club that really, 
they're not like you know one of these clubs like like an Arsenal or um, I, I don't know. I am trying to think of another like you know um, like Aston Villa or you know where they've just been around for you know hundred mm-hmm. plus years. Um, you know they right. really rose to prominence in the early seventies, kind of right after. Uh, the dominance of Ajax, and they won. Um, they won three Champions Leagues in a row after Ajax had just done it. Uh, so, and those those Bayern Munich teams of the early seventies are, are you know classic teams. Um, and of course, the, many of those players also won the World Cup in seventy four too. Uh, so, you know, they were you know mass. Um, so they've been a massive club for about fifty years now. And um, uh, but in the last decade or so, they've been kind of the dominant force. Um, built, you know firmly around stealing Borussia Dortmund's best players, as far as I can tell. Uh, that is probably my, like, you know, uh, grumpy outsider perspective. But, sure. um, yeah, but they're, you know, they're really, I mean, obviously they're, um, they've, you know, they, Pep was there. Um, they are, I mean, I, of course, I'm, I'm selling them short because they are, you know, incredibly um, talented at, you know, acquiring talent. And, um, uh, you know, they made three Champions Leagues in a row. They won one um, about 10 years ago, eight years ago, maybe. Um, and, uh, you know, but so, I mean, the team has changed a lot for, uh, over the last couple of years, uh, particularly. I mean, Lewandowski is kind of the one major player who is, you know, um, who's still kind of there from the run of players that you may have been a little more familiar with, right? I mean, I think that there's, you know, it's, it's, and they, they were actually uh, a little they were not um, leading uh, the league um, until um, I think just like maybe it was sometime in March. I don't have the exact date handy, but um, they were um, I don't think they've lost a match since early December um, in the league. And uh, but they were well behind um, Dortmund and Leipzig for uh, most of the season. And so this is not a classic like um, uh, who's the uh, PSG kind of thing where they're 18 yeah. points ahead and just and just rolling. Um, yeah. and you know, France actually went ahead and just gave PSG the, the title. They were just like, yeah, you guys just want it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, well, you, and yeah. you mentioned Arsenal and I think the player that's really grown up this season, at uh, Munich is Serge Nabry. And he had that right. amazing showing, I forget, uh, who they were playing against, uh, where in the champions league where Nabry just owned, uh, for that entire match. So it's just like another nail in the coffin of Arsene Wenger's legacy. Uh, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't quite make it work with this uh, world-class player at Arsenal. I mean, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start all sorts of firestorms there with that comment. But yeah. um, the other guy I always think of with Munich is Thomas Mueller. And he is one of those guys where you look at and you, and you think, like, okay, so you and I, we watched this 80s movie, Heathers, on Friday night. And there's yes. something about 80s movies set in high schools where all of the jocks all look like they're 50 years old to me. Like, they're, <laughs> they all have receding yeah. hairlines, just old-ass dudes, but they're meant to be, like, 17 years old. Thomas Mueller is, like, a high schooler from an 80s movie. He looks like he's 20 years older than he actually is. He's still, <laughs> like, in the prime of his career. Yeah, he just signed 30. a new contract and... Uh, it was a great player for them still. Yeah, that's, that's a good, that's a good shout. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you look you know, kind of up and down this team, there are, I mean, obviously, um, you have, uh, uh Manuel Neuer and, um, uh, Philip, Philippe Coutinho is, um, he's on loan this year from Barcelona. And, uh, uh, obviously, you know, any premier league fan is familiar with, with Coutinho and, um, you've got, um, the one, the, you know, the player who stood out for me, uh, because you and I did champions or, um, world cup fantasy is, uh, Ben Pavard is a um, mm-hmm. 24-year-old uh, defender uh, for um, – The French Aaron Wan-Bissaka. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, he kind of, yeah, I like that. And uh, I even like, you know, been following the league closely enough to know if Pavard is built on his incredible showing for France in the in the World Cup. But he is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking through transfer market here. He's, he's highly valued. So um, uh, presumably he's still doing well. But, you know, David Alaba and uh, Joshua Kimmich. Now, tell me what you know about Joshua Kimmich, Brandon. That's the one that I I'm gonna need you to fill me in a little bit. And uh <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kimmich is definitely a player that I should know more about, but that's like for every ep- uh, episode of Football Rambles on the Continent I skipped is why I can't really tell you that much <laughs> about Kimmich. So <laughs> that's that's uh, where my yeah. continental knowledge really falls short. <laughs> so do you have any thoughts on, on Bayern before we move on to all the, the non-Bayern clubs? I mean, if you're looking to build a fantasy team for Bundesliga, I think Lewandowski is really the one player that you have to put your eye on because he's leading the league in goals, but he's really expensive. And so it's like the rule of City and Liverpool. Munich dominates the league. All their players are going to be super expensive. So don't overthink it. Go for the obvious players. And I think that will hopefully uh, bear fantasy fruit. Um, so, you know, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, if you're looking at their fantasy lens, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like split the difference here a little bit. I feel like some people are just gonna just want to know a little bit more about the Bundesliga. Just so they have something to watch on Saturdays. Other people are, are interested in the fantasy thing. And so we'll kind of wind, you know, back and forth through this a little bit. Um, Borussia Dortmund is, uh, is in second place, four points behind, uh, Bayern Munich. And this is probably the team that I would imagine most of the, kind of neutrals uh will be will be rooting for uh for so many reasons i mean especially anyone who's a premier league fan or even you know who's english um you know for one thing it's jürgen klopp's old team um they're um just you know far enough off the table right four points back that you can very much it's very easy to conceive of them you know still winning the league uh jaden sancho has been incredible um arguably the best player in the bundesliga this season uh he's only 20 years old and you know is certainly going to uh move on at some point erling holland sort of everyone kind of fell in love with him um in his you know appearances in the champions league before they ultimately uh got knocked out by psg so um yeah, I mean, I just... I, yeah, but I, there's one yeah. other player. There's one other player for Premier League fans. And I know this season, anyone who plays FPL has felt an Eden Hazard-shaped hole in their heart. <laughs> who That's do true. they blame their season's failings on? There's yeah. no one to blame them on at this point. Now you can play uh, Fantasy Bundesliga and blame everything on Eden's brother, Thorgan. Thorgan Hazard yes. is actually not bad. Uh, no, I was surprised. Thorgan is a better player than I than I realized. He's he's like we, I was looking at the fantasy game. And I was like, wow, he's like eighth ranked forward overall. That that's pretty solid. Where does who's the eighth ranked forward in the in Premier League fantasy? Like as probably fantasy like Calvert Lewin. Yeah, something like that. That's, that's pretty good. You know, that's like I mean, Calvert Lewin is a he'd fetch a decent amount of money on the open market you know so shalka would go in for him in a heartbeat i'm absolutely. sure of it i'm sure i'm sure of it too uh mark marco reyes has been there forever um, yeah can i talk yeah. about marco Royce just for a yeah, moment Rice, because yeah. he he stands out to me because he is like he is like the if a player were fulham in the bundesliga i feel like it's marco Royce. he is 
always a joy to watch, but there is always something holding him back from true success. He was never able to really, truly break out um, at the World Cup for Germany. He's never become the sensation that, like, you think of that period in which Dortmund were winning league titles in the Bundesliga. Royce was a pivotal part of that. Yeah. And uh, he was a pivotal. I, I mean, I remember him kind of run, pulling all the strings in that final against Munich. But um, it just hasn't really happened. We were talking about that um, transition that all great players make from Dortmund to Bayern Munich. And Royce is, you know, I guess he's like the Steven Gerrard type where he's true to Dortmund. He's never moved on and therefore he's just never really become a, a brand, uh, to, to put it one way. The... Yeah, and I don't really have anything else to add to that. Uh, I was just looking at this, looking over this team right now, the Dortmund team, and just thinking about Jaden Sancho a little bit and how, um, first of all, do you want to guess? I don't know if you're on his transfer market. I'm on the transfer market page for Dortmund right now. Do you okay, have any... I'm on the uh, Bundesliga app. Okay. Uh, so I can tell you how much, what they cost in the fantasy game. That's Okay, good. I just want to know, what what do you think that Jaden Sancho's estimated market value is right now? If some club came in to buy him from Dortmund, how much would they have to pay to buy Jaden Sancho? Um, $120 million. Wow, that's close. One hundred and twenty-eight million. Nice. Uh, that is a lot. That is a lot, though. That's that's fifty million more than Erling Haaland's uh, current uh, market price. Um, that's great. Give that a, give yeah. that another season, and I'm wondering who's who's leading in that race. I mean, the the pressure has really got to be on Sancho at this point, particularly yeah. when you have a player like Holland that's just come up on your team in the latter half of the season, uh, just kind of keeping your own value on the rise. It's so interesting too. Like you know, I, I don't really know enough about Sancho. You know how he ended up uh, playing for. Uh, I, I expect to learn more. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll be written about a lot in the next week or two. Um, yeah, you and I were both a little surprised that there weren't more articles being written right now about the Bundesliga. Um, there, are, I mean, some of them are written in this kind of hand wringing way. Like, should this be happening? And um, yeah. that's a reasonable question to ask. It's not one I'm particularly interested in discussing on this podcast. Um, maybe because I'm just so like fried after nine weeks of <laughs> staying at home yeah. with nothing to watch on TV that I'm like, ah, oh, well, you know, they're going to play. So, <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know? um, but yeah, I mean, how would, you know, 20 year old English player um, ends up playing for um, Dortmund and, you know, suddenly is a, um, you know, a massive star. And I think that, you know, even if you're not super interested in the Bundesliga, uh, it seems almost inevitable that, yeah, I mean, maybe he ends up going to a Barcelona or a Real, you know, just because that's where all the, the money and the massive stars mm-hmm. go. But you would assume a 20-year-old English player is inevitably going to make his way back to um, the Premier League. And it's just a question of whether he ends up at Chelsea, Man United, or Man City, right? And possibly Liverpool. They would, probably wouldn't spend that much money on a player. Yeah, I think Chelsea would be an interesting destination for him if – if the whole f- because there that's where you kind of have the Spurs light, you know, there was a moment there where Spurs had most of the heart of the England team with, you know, back when Eric Dyer was actually a player and Deli Ali and um, Harry Kane, of course. And now Chelsea has like an even younger, greener version of that with Frank Lampard managing with, you know, Abraham and, um, Mason Mount. God, I like all of these players are like fading like a back to the future photograph in my mind right now. <laughs> you know, I watched that um, yesterday. 
bizarrely. You watch Back to the Future, yeah, it's on it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on yeah, yep, yep. But um, I mean, it seems like all signs might point to Manchester United, given um, the way they're building that team at the moment, which totally. would be, which would be, I don't know, would be fun to see be as a neutral. Yeah. So um, I think Dermond, uh, for so many reasons, is Emery Chan, of course, Brian. You love Emery Chan. So I assume that you're pretty excited yeah. about that, too. Sure. Uh, Axel Witzel, a huge Witzel fan. Uh, Witzel head, if you will. Uh, Axel Witzel yeah. is definitely like the guy when you're watching Belgium, you're like, huh, okay. <laughs> cool hair. Kind of they like a cool uh, hair, poor, poor man's... Uh, <laughs> Poor man's, um, I was going to say Fellaini, but uh, yeah. Oh, shit, <laughs> more, more on brand for the Belgian flag, for sure. Um, All right, so then there is RB Leipzig. Should we talk about Leipzig now? Yeah, and, and we're not going to do this for all 20 teams, by the way, because that would be impossible. But uh, Leipzig is... I'm going to run out of things to say in like five <laughs> minutes, too. So Yeah, the two things to know about Leipzig is, one, they are... Um, they're loathed by everybody, it seems, um, and I think there's some complicated um, uh, East and West German issues there at play. I think that um, the Bundesliga has uh, historically been dominated, you know, even since integration 25 years ago, uh, 21 years ago, um, has been dominated by West German teams, and they're sort of the first East German team to... 31 years ago. Like 89, not 99. Not, you're right, of course. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, so 30, 30, let's say 30 plus years ago, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm not sure if an East German team has won the league since um, Germany was unified. And uh, so I think that that's, that's part of it. Um, there's also the whole Red Bull thing you know, kind of, they're like a new, they're like a Man City kind of team, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that they've sort of found clever ways to get it. I've actually read about Leipzig a little bit. Um, there was a lot written about them a couple of months ago when they were top of the table. Um, and, you know, there's this feeling that they're sort of circumventing the rules a little bit. Um, obviously, there's this kind of Red Bull brand that you um that mm-hmm. you see all over the place now. Of course, we have New York Red Bull, which is owned by the same ownership group. Um, there's also Red Bull Salzburg. Um, they have to go by RB Leipzig, and the RB does stand for Red Bull, um, and that's something that the Bundesliga mandated. So Doesn't the whole it th- stand for like ball sports or something like that. Right, yeah, Russo, yeah, Russo ball sport. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's something like that, but it's clearly you know, but it has Red Bull like it's got the logo on the kit. <laughs> it's you just, know, so it's it's outrageous. It's absolutely yeah. outrageous. Yeah. The the other thing to note about uh, RV Leipzig is they probably have the best striker this season in the in the Bundesliga in Timo Werner, and Timo Werner is a is an interesting young player. And the reason that you, the listener, maybe especially interested in Timo Werner is because uh, there is some heavy heat. Brandon that's directing Timo Werner to Liverpool in the near future, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be really interesting to see what happens there. He has already yeah, said, "Yeah, they speak German." Jorgen Klopp and Timo Werner. I'm going to bring the German accent. It took a while. I'm thread it, thread it through. The wow. it took a while for you. Uh, I hope you're going to cop my Simpsons accent from earlier. Um, no, you can keep it in. Everyone should know how lame I am. It was. Uh, so he is. He's a young player. He's already gone on record to say that. Uh, um, that he will not be going to Bayern Munich. He, he, that is not a place that he plans to go. So, um, so yeah, I think that, um, Werner, I mean, I, you know, I, that's sort of really where I, you know, where it ends with me and as far as my Werner knowledge goes, but, uh, I know that he's highly regarded. I regard Timo Werner and he was the linchpin 
uh, in my strike force for my World Cup fantasy team. I was quite disappointed then to see Germany flame out in such spectacular fashion. Yeah. But um, I think it does tell you that that German team went into that World Cup with Timo Werner as their starting striker, how much faith they had in him. But I, I, I'm at odds with this Leipzig team because I am like totally there with you on the concerns about the you know global corporate dominance and and all of that. But I look at the individual players and I see a lot to like. And um, I think because it, Leipzig yeah. has done so well throughout the the first two thirds of the season, when we're at the Black Horse and they're second screening a Bundesliga match, you're seeing a lot of Leipzig and. Uh, I, I think it's also like it's it's that they play well. I see Werner, I recognize him, and then they have other players that have like distinguishing characteristics. Particularly this guy Marcel Sabitzer, who plays in the midfield, and he has this like um, he's got this like weak mustache, I guess we could say, and um, <laughs> longish hair. <laughs> yeah, but he strikes me as um, he immediately jumps out to me as a fantasy midfielder in that you he's doing fantasy things. He's but you don't really know who he is, but he's still doing fantasy things. And I get the sense that Leipzig is just filled with these guys who have been plucked from whatever smaller club they were playing for. And they've all been put together. It's kind of working for them. Yeah. And uh, they, they are kind of being cast as villains just because it's the club that they play for. Well, your boy, uh, Angelino, Brandon uh, is now, is now playing for Leipzig. So I assume you're pretty excited about that. Uh, I know you're a big Angelino head, big Angelino supporter. So um, yeah, so that's a fun, that's a fun detail. Oh, and, uh, uh, Ampudu, Chelsea, that young Chelsea star, speaking of distinguishing characteristics with the giant, the largest dreadlocks you've ever seen, small man, large dreadlocks. He, he's now at Leipzig. So, um, Borussia Mönchengladbach is in, uh, fourth place and I'm going to kind of let you take it away with this one. So, uh, you know, tell me what you know about Mönchengladbach, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, just go in, you go deep and uh, I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I'm here to listen. Great. I mean, we talked about making this like a mini episode unto yeah. itself. Yeah. Um, because we definitely could have, you know, gotten other sponsorship just to really boost, boost the Moochin Gladbacher, the mm-hmm. extended Gladbacher verse. Yep. yep. Uh, it's if, a, if it's part of the Scott Bakula verse. Yep. Yeah. All right. So close your eyes, Josh. And mm-hmm. I want you to spell for me Moochen Gladbach. <laughs> is it, uh, is it, is it, is it, I don't even know. If, I'm going to get stuck on the second letter, I think. Is it M O? Go on. Okay. M O N C H. No peeking. M O N C H E N. Uh huh. Munchen. And then G L A D B A C H. You got it. Yes. (laughs) Actually, on a technicality, you didn't get it because you didn't express that there was an umlaut over the (laughs) O after the M. And uh, so you lost on a technicality. I would have used it in a sentence had you asked me This is like the quiz show. uh, (laughs) So, well, you did not get the correct... 
shoe size for the player. And so you were right. The Premier and, League pub quiz yeah, uh, with our no good points. friend, James Alcott. Check it out every <laughs> Sunday, 1 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. <laughs> no, 1 p.m. Uh, New York Standard Time. It's 6 p.m. Uh, Greenwich Mean Time for that Premier League pub, pub quiz. Uh, yeah, Mooch and Gladbach, they're in fourth position. And that's really all I know about them. Their their logo yeah. is like this uh, black diamond. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's Mönchengladbach. Uh, I think that um, Michael Bradley played for Borussia Mönchengladbach. So that is one reason I know a little bit about about this. Or, you know, I know. Of them? Of them, yeah. And um, there's sort of, I feel like Mönchengladbach and Bayer Leverkusen, who are in fifth, are kind of those perennial, like, they're kind of the Arsenal Spurs type, you know, squads in the Bundesliga where they're um, not maybe not in terms of just players, but just in terms of their table position where it feels like they're consistently in that like fourth place, third place, fifth place spot, you know, kind of like pretty consistently in the Champions League, not necessarily, you know, um, going for the league very often. It really does feel like most of the years it's a two horse race between um, uh, Dortmund and Bayern Munich. So that leaves us uh, in the remaining, like, sort of European positions, Bayer Leverkusen and FC Schalke. And again, I, I don't have much to say about these clubs. Um, Schalke has seen a number of Americans go through their ranks, as have a lot of these Bundesliga clubs. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, obviously, Pulisic came from Dortmund. Uh, Josh Sargent plays at Wolfsburg. And... Um, Shoot, what is the name of the midfielder who plays at Schalke right now? I'm going to – you you talk while I look it up because I'm blanking on the name right now. Okay. Is is he really good? Or is, oh, Weston McKinney. Is that yeah, Weston McKinney. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. That's yep. who I'm thinking of. Um, I mean I feel like Schalke used to be uh, at least f- five years ago. They were always in the uh, the Champions League. Um Shoot, I'm blanking on another American player. Who was the other guy with the germ with the Jones? What was his name? Shoot, this is just great audio content. I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure who you're, who you're thinking of, but it's yeah. Who cares? Nobody cares. Uh, speaking of speaking of Americans, actually, we uh, we didn't mention uh, on Borussia Dortmund that uh, Claudio Reina's son is uh, is playing for Dortmund right now too, and is a uh, really highly touted young player and, uh, another, another player to watch. Uh, so, um, that's kind of fun, right? Having a, another Reina, a Giovanni Reina is his name. Uh, yeah, so Reina, like, Claudio yeah. Reina was one of my favorite midfielders to ever play for the U S just like a great, uh, passer, uh, just team leader for sure. Yeah. And G- I think he goes by Gio Reina, but uh, Giovanni Reina is a uh, 17, um, kind of one for the future too. Th- there's just like so much, it, there's so much to recommend Dortmund. It almost makes you want to pick somebody else just to be a little bit different. Um, the other frustrating thing about Dortmund as a like very casual fan of Dortmund is, uh, that they are, um, like they are just classically bad at the back. It seems I feel like every time that you and I are at the black horse and there's a dirt match on, like they like run out to like a three nil lead and somehow they're down four nil by the yeah. 84th minute. And it just feels like there's like mm-hmm. consistently a, 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 an issue with them. Um, well, isn't that my, yeah. that's my understanding of the league in general is that they're not known. The, the Bundesliga is not known for great defense. It's more of an all action atmosphere so i mean maybe that points to if you're if you're short change when you're building your fantasy team maybe trim a little in the back because you're not going to have a lot to show for it yeah um 
Maybe. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that <laughs> makes sense. Guess. I'm trying to think. I'm like, well, I, yeah, I'm like, who would, yeah, it's like, a, I wish I had a player to name who you like, you know, to, you, yeah, focus on the attackers. I guess that's, yeah, treat it like the, um, uh, like the uh, Dutch league, you know, just, yeah, focus mm-hmm. on the, uh, any, any defender who scored a couple of goals, you know, Benjamin Favard. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think from there, it's it's a bunch of teams that we didn't really know much about. I was trying to think, who are our friend Eric Freeman? Which club does he support? Do you remember? It's it's Frankfurt, right? Eintracht Frankfurt. I think I it is Eintracht yeah. Frankfurt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, who's currently sit 12th position. So there's, you know, is there anything to recommend there? Eric, let us know. <laughs> yeah, please let us know. If you have, uh, yeah, if you have any deep thoughts on the Bundesliga, let us know. We'll even... Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll happily uh, help you spread the word about your, your Bundesliga content. I um, do like the yeah. one team in the Bundesliga most likely to be a Star Wars character is, oh, let me uh, see if I can guess. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> for, 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 no, okay. yeah. Fortuna Dusseldorf. Yeah. Yes, Fortuna yeah. Dusseldorf for sure. You yeah. can find, you can find Bib Fortuna in Jabba's <laughs> palace and you can also find <laughs> Fortuna Dusseldorf working on the, uh, the Death Star 2. I always thought Werder Bremen was a cool name too, Werder Bremen. And so, and I feel like uh, maybe you know they're in a relegation spot right now, Brandon. That's that's not normally where you'd it's find. Not, Werder it's Bremen, not good so. for Werder Brandon either. Never no, Brandon. So maybe you know if you're looking for something uh, to root for, maybe it's to get Werder Bremen out of those relegation spots, Brandon. We can't have them relegated. They're simply too important to the league. Uh, FC uh, FC Cologne or uh, Cologne, as we typically pronounce it in. Uh, in English, uh, is where uh, Lucas Podolski uh, came from. And so uh, I've always sort of liked them a little bit. Just I always liked Lucas Podolski. I felt like he um, played as hard as he could. He just wasn't that good. You know, yeah. he was like, <laughs> he was as good as Lucas Podolski could be. And I like yeah. that about him. <laughs> also in the starting 11 of of players who play with a smile on their face. So yeah. I always appreciated yeah. him for that. Yeah, me too. I always liked him. Um, so uh, there is your there is your Bundesliga table preview, Brandon. We've got a couple of questions, though, okay? So uh, one uh-huh. is, uh, well, it's, it's more of a comment, but just a note. Uh, second-tier side, Dynamo Dresden have placed their entire squad and coaching staff into isolation for two weeks after two players tested positive for the coronavirus. I, I don't uh, – this is the first time I've heard about this this particular virus – uh, if it's bad enough that players are in quarantine, Brennan, that's not a good sign. So uh, I don't know what they're dealing with over there in, in Germany. Um, so do you know anything about the virus, what it does? Um, uh, you know, tell me what you know. I, don't, I know you're an epidemiologist, but if there's anything you can fill me in on, that'd be really useful. Yeah. I mean, if you could just keep two meters away from your nearest <laughs> uh, footballing playing partner, that would be advised for sure don't spit don't sneeze don't cough while you're playing football that would be recommended also dresden just you know there were the bombings that happened during the war and now this i just like what does dresden have to do to catch a break here it's really abominable i don't know yeah so uh there were some comments from the bundesliga um first division about this and they said uh one that things are still going to go ahead as scheduled um, I kind of admire their sort of commitment to doing this, uh, despite how kind of insane it seems, uh, you know, <laughs> it's kind like, of like they yeah. should change it. They should put a giant like X in like spray paint in front of Bundesliga. Like it's the extreme <laughs> Bundesliga, like, <laughs> like and everyone's Liga drinking MX. Mountain Dew on the, <laughs> on the sidelines, like the X games very much so. <laughs> 
I guess the MX just stands for Mexico, so that, that's not quite the same. But I always thought Liga MX sounded cool, Brandon. So the idea sure. still still applies. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, so I don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, it seems almost inevitable that one player from one of these eighteen Bundesliga teams is going to come down uh, with the coronavirus or be exposed to somebody. Or you know, I mean, I think that it's um, they're going to allow up to three hundred people in the stadium uh, for these matches. So that I guess will include. Teams, uh, trainers, officials, you know, I mean, I, I, TV people, I, I, I could see press, you get officers, three, you know, press officers. Probably. Yeah. So there's a billion different things. Yes. Yeah, here you're going to get security outside, um, you know, just to keep people out. I'm sure I'm sure ultras will try to get in. And so there's lots of, you know, someone's got to set up all those placards, Brandon. So, you know, there's a lot, a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you're going to have 300 people in the middle of a pandemic and no one's going to get this. Uh, seems a little unlikely, but, uh, you know, who knows? I don't know. Let's uh, let's go for it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, you could um, ruin all the fun by thinking about how this is going to not last. Or you could just embrace it and say, you know what? Let's see. Let's see if we get any matches at all. I mean, I, sh- mm-hmm. I'm sure, I assume there's there is just fistfuls of revenue available if you can even do one more weekend. Right. It's like sure. every weekend you can squeeze out of this season is probably worth tens, if not you know, more hundreds of millions of dollars. So it's a, just one uh, more job, Josh, one more bank heist. And then we're (laughs) just going to the islands and we'll never be heard from again. Every weekend's going to be like heat, you know, it's really, it's going to be very, (laughs) very interesting. Um, So we got a couple of listener questions, Brandon, Uh, FPL Chancer said, uh, it's actually sort of ties with what I was talking about earlier. Um, Are Dortmund still a hipster choice for neutrals or are they too mainstream now? Um, and then he said, how do you feel about the Red Bull imprint on Salzburg, Leipzig, and any of the brands doing this in other leagues moving forward? So let's tackle the first one first. Are Dortmund still a hipster choice? Are they too on the nose? Well, I mean, if you've been kind of doing the Dortmund hipster thing for the last decade, then it's probably soured a bit. I mean, like all hipster things do. It's like discovering right. a band, and then eventually the band is going to hit big. And yeah. is it that the band isn't good anymore, or is that you actually wanted something different from yeah. Dortmund than what they're actually offering? Yeah. I think are if you're still, new... Yeah, are there still Napoli hipsters? Probably not, right? That was a fun thing for a while. It was a fun thing for a while. And I, yeah, that that, that soured in different ways, I, I think. But... I think if you're if you're if you were not following the Dortmund story for the last decade and you're just coming to it, I think there's still a lot that they have to offer for a new fan because, you know, just it's just a testament to the power of Bayern Munich is that even as successful and interesting as Dortmund have become, they are still second fiddle and they will always then draw in that new fan. Is. Yeah. And also their kits just look super dope, black and yellow, and their fans are amazing. Yep. It's like it, that that shine has not gone away, gone off of this club. No, I, I agree. And like, again, this is a temporary this is this is a summer fling, Brandon. OK, so let's just just. Just pick the fun one, you know. It's like a go with the sure thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Treat it like a like pick a, one girl at the dance that you want to dance with, and yeah. you know, you make sure it's a good good pick. Treat it like a John Cusack music, you know, movie. Just just go for it, have fun. Um, the Red Bull imprint and the Salzburg Leipzig thing, yeah. I mean, I think we both feel the same way that 
blows, you know, it's on the Red mm-hmm. Bull thing too. I, I hate it. You know, I hate that there's sponsor names in the fronts of kits. It's, it's yeah. all, it's know. less, it's less to me that there is this big sponsor and, you know, whatever Red Bull is doing. The thing that irks me the most is that I associate Red Bull with, I don't know. Red Bull just has like negative connotations. Like I understand it has healing, um, agents. Oh, come on. Like, You're being nice. <laughs> yeah. Red Bull is like, a, like the, you don't want to be the dude shooting Red Bull at the bar. Right. It's like, a, there's a kind of connotation. There. Great. Yeah. I'm sure there are listeners <laughs> yeah. who drink Red Bull. They, they know. It's not like they think about drinking like, it's like they think they're drinking like champagne, you know, it's, it's Red Bull. <laughs> You know, yeah, and then the commercials are really crappy. It's like this, this like (laughs) these like thinly like these pencil drawing commercials, (laughs) and they're awful. Um, All right, uh, Jess Gabriel, this is a question for you, Brandon. Uh, Can you talk about uh, Xerxes' role at Bayern? Um, He's considering him as an enabling fifth mid, and then he says also is Schubert as uh, goalkeeper just obvious? Well, I mean, I mean, (laughs) shoot. I think he means the composer, right? <laughs> Schubert, a great composer, just became a great goalkeeper. Um, <laughs> they, they say they say there are no second acts, Brandon, but I think that Schubert is proving proving otherwise. I was I was going to say Xerxes is an interesting shout because the last time I saw Xerxes, Xerxes was trying to kill the Ghostbusters <laughs> on the top of the uh, Empire State yeah, Building or something. Last so time, last time I saw him, he was trying to he was trying to sack Athens, you know. So it's really uh <laughs> um yeah so that's those are the answers to your questions gabriel that's what i got for you yeah all right let's move on to the next question uh uh anti-hockey hockey fan says when is Jaden sancho coming to epl obviously we don't know this but when do you think Jaden sancho how long how much longer does he stay at Dortmund, brandon well, if this if the world were going according to plan right now and COVID-19 hadn't happened, I would say Sancho would be leading a lot of the transfer rumors this summer. Given where we are right now, it's there's just it's too difficult to assess what clubs are looking to do uh going into a new transfer window when even will that transfer window be so i mean my, my best guess would be like as soon as possible sancho would be like next season yeah. but i think the hiccup here could actually lead to a no one wants to uh really put their neck out and maybe it's an, another yeah. season before sancho comes but it has to be imminent because in like they just Kit sales alone, like Sancho on the back of a Manchester United jersey, they will just fly off the shelves. Yeah, and you know, like with like, it is very interesting. Like, and I, you know, I just don't know how much the global economy affects this kind of stuff. It's not really anything that you and I are equipped to answer. But like the fact that like you know, oil prices were below zero at one point. Like, does that affect any of these any of these wealthy? Owners that come from, you know, from, from Middle Eastern countries yeah, right. that, you know, yeah. you know, used oil to build up their, um, their finances. I don't, you know, I, I, I honestly don't know, you know, and so, I, you know, it, it feels like that could be a factor. It does feel like a, a strange time uh, for a player. It, it would stink. If your player was looking to make a big move this summer, this is a nightmare. This yeah. is the absolute yeah. scariest thing. I mean, I, I don't even know if it needs to be a big move. Just thinking of the makeup of the England squad 
and you have the Euros on the horizon. And it, it's kind of a miracle. There are not a lot of players on England's team playing abroad that don't play in the Premier League. Yeah. So the fact that Sancho is still included in that team is a testament to his skill, but his marketability, his value as a player will skyrocket when he moves to the Premier League. He will then just be nailed on to the England team. And I think if you're Sancho, you have to be worried like the longer you're out of the view of the regular England fan, the Premier League fan, the trickier it's going to be for you to keep that place in the England squad. So that's got to play into his mind and his agent's mind too, because they talked yeah. a lot about this with um, Harry Maguire. Like Maguire was a standout central defender, but when he moved to Manchester United, this was him putting a, a marker down for the England squad. Yeah. And that sort of solidified his place there. That's, it's a good question. I mean, he's been so good for England that I, I, I don't know that it's an Im- imminent issue. But, yeah, it's certainly a like, a, you know, if you were to you know lose six months with an injury or something like that, you know. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, I, I think I think you're right, though. I do think that's it's sooner than later. And Dortmund uh, are, you know, they're they're ability to sell high is um is incredible i mean like the, this team you know they always extract money for their top players um i think the one exception was lewandowski and uh that was because klopp just refused to sell him to uh um to Bayern, and so he finally just joined it a free the, the idea now that like someone like him would join in a free uh is is obviously insane but yes um yeah all right, so let's. Uh, we got two more questions. Uh, they're not uh, Bundesliga uh, focused, so we're going to close our Bundesliga section for this week. But a reminder: if you want to join our fantasy game, just become a Patreon supporter, and we will send you all of the information. Um, so, a message from Damian Bird, Brandon. I'll, I'll read one question. You can read one. A message uh-huh. from Damian Bird, always cheating Super League leader. Hello, Damian. Says I'm having the best season of my life. By some miracle, I've made it to fiftieth in the world. By far my best season, and even more than that, I currently sit at number one in the always cheating Super League. Sadly, there's no getting away from the fact that this season will have an asterisk by it, but that can't stop me being incredibly emotionally invested. This is my question, what do I wish for? With all outcomes still on the table, do I wish for the season cancellation, a top 50 finish safely in the locker, and the always cheating trophy sitting shiny on my, mantel, on my mantelpiece? Let me just say mantel here in the U.S., Brandon. Uh, or do I wish for a resumption? I'm just, you know, I'm just noting that. Or do okay. I wish for a resumption and one Noted. great, and that's, that's not a dig. Uh, do I wish for a resumption and one great long shot at the ultimate glory and a chaotic last few weeks of the season? What would yeah. you wish for? Uh, <sighs> Tricky one. I mean, I, I mean, first of all, it's great to hear from Damien. It's always uh, a joy to hear from number ones in the Super League and for, It's great representation of the always cheating Super League, ranked 50 overall in the world. Mm -hmm. So good on you, Damien. I mean, congratulations on getting this far, which is more than I've ever been able to achieve. But where I'm sitting, Josh, what I would wish for, I would wish for the season to come back. And it's, I think I have a, a particular character trait where I get itchy when I haven't completed something. And I don't know if it has something to do with some sort of uh, like obsessive compulsive disorder, but I start a project, I have to finish it. I start a book, I don't like the book, but I can't stop reading the book until I've finished the book. And so 
there is that temptation of like, I just like to lock in that top 50 finish. And even though there's the asterisk, I'll always have that, always have that. But for me, I cannot stop thinking about it's less what else would have happened. Could I have gotten up to number one overall in the world? Because it's not likely, Damien. It's just like the odds are you'd probably drop farther. Maybe you'd drop out of the top 100. The challenge would be can you stay in the top 1,000? Yeah. But that's just – that's life. And I want to be out there living life. I want to be out there playing FPL and going the entire distance. I don't think any marathoner is like, you know what? I broke my personal best for at the 18-mile mark. It's all measured by where they were at the finish line. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think you have to say, though, I mean, you know, ending it right now or ending it, you know, in the, you know, with, with two games a week, looks like there's going to be five substitutions allowed, no one in the stadium. It's it's really either way. It's a it's not exactly a it's not clean, you know, so I, I think I think if it ends right now, I, I don't think there's any. um you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying because, yeah. um, you know, I, I too w- would like it to end. And I, if I was 50th, I don't, I don't feel yeah. like I'd be comfortable. I mean, I honestly, given, you know, how much I got screwed by that second double game week getting canceled and knocking me out of the top hundred K, like I, I don't want my rank from the season to count. You know, I don't want it to appear in my annual rankings. Um, you know, and so I, I do think that there's, uh, um, I can understand how it doesn't feel real, you know, until the season's over. But um, I think, unfortunately, uh, this, you know, thankfully Liverpool. I actually think if Liverpool, if they're if they're able to play some matches this season, Liverpool clinch it. I think it's it will really feel like a legitimate win because they are so close to clinching it already. You know, I mean, just what what one or two more game weeks um, to go, you know, before they ice it. You know, so. Um, but I, I, we yeah. talked about the Liverpool I, thing before. Yeah, obviously, we don't need to go, go into it again. We have, we have, and I think Damien's question, like I'm, I'm coming at it from a fantasy perspective, and I think I've made the case in recent weeks about how I'm generally uh, erring on the side of IRL. They should probably just cancel the season. Like, what is to be gained except for just utter nonsense and chaos? I mean, I'm all yeah. for, you know fantasy managers and Liverpool alike, like you all did great things. And I want you to receive chocolate cakes and, you know, gold stickers. Uh, Should you receive a premier league trophy? That's not for me to decide. I do think it's debatable. Um, But just like from a gaming perspective uh, where the fantasy game is concerned, it would just kind of like gnaw at me. And so I guess I'm sure it it would gnaw at Mo Salah and Jurgen Klopp the same way yeah um but again yeah it's, I, you know it's one thing in germany or south korea where they've been able to corral this thing as much as you can um but i mean england's much like the u.s like there's just, it'd be absurd to start any kind of team sport right now in the u.s you know we're just yeah. not even remotely close to being ready for that um so i saw that major league baseball is now talking about doing an eight game season that would start sometime in july you know so it's just everything is is just funky this year i'm just gonna have to you know, get used to it. Um, embrace the funk. Embrace the funk. Yeah, exactly. Um, or just roll with it. Like, who cares? You know, it's such a weird time. Like, just it's not. It's not anything to get. Be mad thankful about. you're alive. Yeah, uh, exactly. Because there, there are exactly. many routes to death. Yeah, at this exactly. Point. That. Yeah, exactly. That often feels very trite, but right now it, it actually feels true. Uh, final question, Mike DePietro. What pandemic-related changes to the viewing experience are you most intrigued by? 
He says, I'm, I, Mike, that is, uh, I'm curious to see if the coaching will be easily heard echoing through the empty stadiums. So what pandemic changes to the viewing experience are you intrigued by, Brennan? I saw something about VAR. Did you read anything about that today? Like possible changes to VAR? Um, no. If, well, okay, so I blew that one. I don't have anything to report there. In terms of watching matches like broadcast that are occurring in an empty stadium, I want to hear what the players, less the managers, I want to hear what the players are saying. Um, you know, like the 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 big lads at the back, Van Dyke, always like known for commanding people. But I never really actually, I get to see their mouths wide open, but I never get to hear what they're saying. Just like, just mic these guys up. That would be pretty cool. So what do the players say when they're on the pitch in terms of, um, I mean, do they call for square passes like I do when I'm playing, you know, in a Sunday league? Um, or do they have some code words uh, uh, like pumpernickel when they're, uh, you know, making an overlapping run? That's what I want to know. Additionally, the goal celebrations. It's less like it's I think it's jarring less to see how the player celebrates, but to hear the the yop the like primal scream of a player once they've scored and it is bouncing off of nothing there. It's not bouncing off of crowd noise. It's just a guy screaming. Uh, and it's very weird. Yeah, that will be, that will be strange. Uh, and I know that like in the premier league, they're talking about like no spitting, no goal celebrations. It all feels like a little, it, I mean, I guess it's fine. Most of the time you're just playing. I mean, it feels like, you know, no spitting, no goal celebrations. What about snot like, rockets? Well, just like, are you, are you not going to head the ball? Like how it's a very physical game. Like it's not like you defend without touching them, you know? So I, you know, it's like, it's nice that they're trying these extra things, but I mean, ultimately if you're playing, if you're, if you're really going to play, you know, it, it's, mm-hmm. you, you know, you are going to be swapping some, some, uh, fluids you know and uh, there's just no there's no way around it uh i mean we're, you know you know i mean this thing like it's like the drop you, the, you know the, dro- the like the the drops the whatever the things you can ingest that would give you this are like you know it's like the kind of dust particles you see like when the sun comes through in the morning you know i mean it's not it's not like you have to spit in somebody's mouth for to get this you know and so yeah so it seems kind of silly to to be um a stickler about these little things, you know, I mean, is it really more fluid exchange during goal celebration than during like any header, you know, when, when two yeah. players are going for the ball? Definitely. You remind me of like all the great Rocky fight scenes where like every punch that's landed, just like millions of speeds of sweat you know, flying <laughs> in every direction. And that's, that's yeah. what it is to head the ball. It's, it's so true. And yeah, the more they water the game down just to get it on TV, like the less the less you can even touch the argument of like listen, the people need this. They need this positive energy in the world. Sport will heal them. Well, now you just you you put some castrated like metaphorically castrated athletes on TV, it's you then realize, "Oh, you're just trying to uh generate ad revenue here and the fans will quick quickly see through it yeah i think so yeah i mean maybe people are so desperate that they'll just accept anything i I guess i'm probably in that boat where i'm just like i don't know you know it's like don't celebrate i don't i don't care (laughs) like don't touch each other like just just give me something to watch where a ball is kicked around you know like that's (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. On that note, I think that's I think that's that, Brandon. I think we can mm-hmm. uh, we can get out of here. I, uh, unless you have any any final thoughts there. No, just uh, Mooch and Gladbach. Um, check out my extensive blog post on them, and mm-hmm. you know, me- medium post. Yeah, yeah. So hit me up with any questions you have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you would like to join our Bundesliga Fantasy League, go to patreon.com slash always treaty. By the way, if you are a current patron and you're like, hey, I haven't received this information yet, it's because we haven't sent it out. We are waiting until this pod to roll all that stuff out. So that will be coming your way shortly. Um, so go to patreon.com slash always treating to sign up. Um, you can say thanks and support what we do and access to Slack, access to this league, um, extra podcasts whenever that is a, an appropriate thing to start doing again. Um, lots of other good stuff. So uh, a quick thank you to all of our producer patrons. Brandon, I think you've done it the last couple of times, so I'll do a thank you this week. Right on. Yeah. Thank thank you to Trevor Ingerson, Mike DePetra, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Chris Carter, Martin Savage, Brian T., the Big Gaffer. By the way, a special big thanks to Mike DePetra for uh, kicking into the uh, Support the Black Horse Fund. Uh, actually, there yeah. may have been a couple other um producers and patrons who did as well i know there are some other patrons who did uh martin savage brian t the big gaffer babas coon jeff husby ben grant james holland jazz binning who is a black horse employee uh dave Wagner lodell nick wright jim payne brian chin blair jacobson frederick kian gransky travis west ellen creasy victor forberg skogang paul hertzik kaya kirsting lelang steen niehaus barry mcguire peter bodictel andy portlock toothless gibbon andy martin uh, Andy, congrats on all the championship manager stuff. Uh, Lindsay Rostell, Anton Markoff, FPLMerch.com, and James Conroy. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Always Cheating Podcast. Never miss an episode. Make sure you're subscribed. We're at all the usual places. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, all that jazz. Follow us on social media, Twitter at HailCheaters, Instagram at HailCheaters, Facebook.com slash Always Cheating. I rewatched the social network on netflix last night josh and the movie holds up you know very mixed feelings about facebook yeah um, after watching something like that but i I, you you did before watching that i believe (laughs) probably yeah (laughs) but we're still we're still there we love anyone who is on facebook and we want to find you there also send us an email hail hail cheaters at gmail.com for all this and more including the always cheating shop where you can buy a coffee mug a t-shirt a sweatshirt um, our, uh, our fulfillment officers are standing by. We That's are right. Off, op, we are operating safely though. So the orders are taking, you know, like a week, uh, or longer to get out the door, but we are uh, open for business at always cheating.com. That's right. Uh, Brandon, thank you for, uh, joining me on this, uh, Bundesliga journey that we just took. Uh, you and I, I think we learned a lot. We learned how to pronounce Verder Bremen, and uh, we uh, did some other things too, most of which I'm forgetting sure. about right now. So, uh, Donkey th- Shane. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next week with our Bundesliga recap podcast. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, maybe we'll know some more player names by then. It'll be pretty exciting. Outstanding. Poku forever. Yeah, cheaters. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.